Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 74 of the Boomer Bevo podcast. The only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Oklahoma, and the University of Texas. I'm here with my man Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson. This is Red River Shootout Part 1 of many. We don't know how many. We're not going to commit to how many. This is one of many. Is that fair to say, Kevin Miller? It is. We're going to be here a lot this week. This is the best week of the year. This is why this podcast exists. So we're going to be bringing it, man, all week. Stay tuned. Sometimes I think this is why I exist as a human being is for this week. Oh, of course. There's. I mean, what else are we here for? Honestly. I've forgotten I have children. I've forgotten I have a job. I don't plan on mowing the yard or washing my car or doing anything. Yeah, all that will be there on Monday. Yeah. And it'll either be the greatest joy to be participating in all of those activities, or it will feel like a literal death in the family. And to people that have experienced literal death, I apologize for such a sharp comparison, but it's the only thing I can compare it to, Kevin. I'm just going to say it. It's rough. And we, we, we've all been there, right? Say what we will about each other's schools and fan bases. It sucks to lose this game. I felt like last, if we're thinking about death, right, which I know you wanted to think about. If we think about death, last year's was like um, like they pulled the plug early. You know what I mean? Right. And it was just I was put out of my misery. I didn't have to think about it. It wasn't like uh, like 2018 where – you know, you think you're about to die, and then it's like suddenly you're resuscitated. You know, and there's a lot of action going along, and everybody's excited, only to be like, no, nope, sudden brain aneurysm, even though we were close, and then you're just dead. Well, 2021, man, right? Yeah. It was a quick death, but it was excruciating, right? It was so it quick didn't take ex- long, but it was, it was very excruciating. It was bad. Well, it took a while because you thought you were going to win. That's what I'm saying. You thought you were, but you're right. Yeah, because. Yeah. So it's like, it didn't take long, but it's just the worst pain you could imagine before you go. Yeah, I didn't mean to get morbid on this. I Again, anybody that's experienced real death can feel free to be upset about this. However, to me, it, it seems real. Hey, let's get off this death topic before I get in trouble. Okay, listen, the line has moved. We talked about this yesterday, Kevin. The line yesterday, Sunday, was a five-point favorite for Texas. It has now moved to six. Do we have word on Jatavian Sanders? Is money being laid on Texas? What is causing this line to move? No, as far as Jatavian Sanders is concerned, he's just day-to-day is what Sark said at his press conference earlier today. So we don't know anything, if he's going to be ready to play or not. We have no clue. So why this line moved, who knows? Well, I mean, it's got to be money on Texas. You would think so. You would think so. Who knows, I don't know how. Who knows what Vegas is thinking? Yeah. I don't know how the money, the uh, you know, we we pick games, but we don't really know how the betting industry works or money works. But I, I wonder if, if, you know, because we're OU in Texas, we're constantly looking at that line and could – you know, people that are big fans of our schools could be putting money on that game as soon as that line comes out in the summer, you know, early lines and stuff like that. But is it possible that 
a casual better or maybe even a more experienced better waits until week six to place bets on games for week six. And so those betters are looking at it and they're going, oh, oh, you placed Texas this week. Oh, that's interesting. Well, didn't Texas beat Bama? Yeah, Texas beat Bama. Okay, well, and then they win 49 nothing last year. Yeah, they won 49 less. Oh, then I'm putting my money on Texas. And you're just getting a lot of those early week bets. And maybe Correct. that thought process is dropping that line up a little bit. Probably so. Probably so. Because I haven't heard anything, you know, from a team standpoint from Texas or Oklahoma that would cause a line to shift like that. Well, anyway, we're we're getting into touchdown territory. Um, so that's just that's just something to keep an eye on. All right. Red River Rivalry Shootout uh, Week Part 1. I thought it'd be a lot of fun if we talked about top performers in the history of the rivalry, Kevin. Now, there's going to be people out there that are like, well, why didn't you talk about it from back in the day? Because Kevin and I aren't that old. We're old, but we're not that old. So we're keeping this in the 2000s. This the 21st century. Okay? However, some notable highlights from Kevin and I's heyday, the 97 game. Kevin, did you take a look at the running back duel from 1997? I did, and it was epic. I mean, you talk about two studs on the field that day. Okay, in a winning effort, Ricky Williams runs 40 times for 223 yards and two touchdowns. Okay. 40 carries, man. Demond Parker in a losing effort, 31 carries, 291 yards, and three touchdowns. Will we ever see a stat line like that from two running backs in this game again? I, I seriously doubt it, man. Especially with the, the amount of carries. You just don't see running backs nowadays getting 40 carries or even 30 in one game. It's unbelievable. You just don't see it. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, 1998, real quick, Clark High School, Wayne McGarity. San Antonio's Clark High School. San, I'm sorry, San Antonio Clark. Uh, Northeast School District? Northside. Is Clark Northside? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. we play them every year. Uh-huh. I know. I know. That's right. They were the, rich school, in our, they were the yeah. rich school in our district. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Lots of, lots of uh, uppity white boys. Um, Wayne McGarity, though, came from Clark in San Antonio, 1998. Uh, what do you got for us on that one? Man, he went off. I just know – I don't have the stats, but I know he had a 97-yard touchdown for Major Applewhite that day. He had six catches for 153 yards and a 97-yard run and a touchdown. Or, yeah, uh, touchdown a pass, fantastic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a fantastic performance. And then nobody can forget, going way back in the day, Marcus Dupree, 1982. He only had nine carries, but on those nine carries, he had 96 yards and a touchdown, including a 63-yard run. My point yeah. is, Kevin. If you watch the documentary, right, the, the greatest it never was, and you hear, you know, the Texas coach Fred Akers' reaction to that run, watching him, you know, because it was such a big recruitment battle between both schools. And for Texas to be on the other side of that and see this guy you recruited so hard, who at one point committed to Texas, have a run like that. And he's like, yeah, I got to deal with this for three more years. It's not a fun sight, uh, man. Luckily for him, he did not have to deal with it for three more years. But 
for that one year, it was magical. And Marcus Dupree, fantastic performance. But however, none of those made the list. They're all so old. It's so old. Uh, so none of those have made the list. So you've picked five. I've picked five. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions that didn't make your top five? I just got the five, man. I just got the five. I know you have an honorable mention, and I get that because you guys have won more of these games since 2000. So let's hear your honorable mention. That's correct. We have won more games since 2000. Uh, my honorable mention, and only because it comes in a loss, I don't think you can make the top five with a win. That's just my criteria. Kevin, I disagree cri- with that. Your criteria might be wrong. but Dude, I we've, top- we've seen some amazing performances. From players and losing. We're talking about just performances here. Not the best moments. Those are obviously going to be wins. But performances, we've seen some amazing performances from losing and losing efforts. And I have a feeling who you're going to mention for your guy who uh, had an amazing performance in a losing effort. But please, go ahead. Honorable mention for performance in a losing effort. 2018, Kyler Murray. 19 of 26. 304 yards. Four touchdowns, one interception, 11 rushes, 92 yards, 8.4 yards to carry, and a touchdown on one of the most electric runs the Cotton Bowl has ever seen. That was the loudest I've ever heard the Cotton Bowl to date was that year in 2018. It was electric both sides, Oklahoma and Texas. I had never heard it louder. It was fantastic atmosphere. He gave a fantastic performance. But we lost, Kevin, so it can't be in the top five. It can't make it. Listen to me, man. That was an amazing performance by him. I left the Cotton Bowl thinking that he was the best player in college football and one of the best quarterbacks I had ever seen. Like, this dude is electric. He was unreal. And he did have – he also had a fumble, too, that Texas forced. I don't even know if it was forced. He just kind of dropped the ball. He kind of went down with one hand to catch his balance and just dropped the ball. But, I mean, that kind of shows you what that place can do to even great players, right, what that yeah. environment can do. But he he was unreal. And I will tell you, when he had that 67-yard touchdown run, the the fear that went through my body, I'm like, are we going to blow this 21-point lead in the fourth quarter? Um, the old, Okay, who is – was Herman still your coach, right, in 2018? Herman, yeah, correct. Tom Herman. Um, the, the smartest thing he did was run uh, Sam Ellinger – uh, 49 times in that game. So <laughs> Seemed like because it. the minute, the minute y'all got the ball back, he ran him like 12 times in a row, you know, and, and I'll give him credit too for being aggressive. Cause remember you got the ball back after that run and scored on the screen pass to Trey Sermon and it tied yeah. the game up. It was yeah. after that when, and I give him credit for staying aggressive. Also having that deep shot down the field for that pass interference call. A little questionable, right? One of the most egregious foul that I've seen. I will admit that. Pass interference call, throw it up to one of your big guys. Those things happen. Digger the kicker got the win for Texas. But again, amazing performance by Mr. Kyler Murray. Okay. Num- we're looking for number five. So from 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 not it from the bottom to the top, who is your number five best performance yeah. in an OU again, Texas game? Mine comes from a loss. And I, wow. I don't care. I, I don't care. Say Classic what you will. Texas. I don't care. Classic I don't care. This, this dude deserves Chris, props for his Chris Sims. performance. Chris Sims. You know, it's not Chris Sims. He was horrible <laughs> against OU. You know that. You know better than that. Listen, though, Derek Johnson, the best linebacker in the history of the Big 12 Conference. You defense? The best defense? Defense, man. Listen to me. 
This dude was unbelievable in that game. 16 tackles. Wait, which game? Uh, which game was it? Which 2004. Game was it? I've got that's on the list. Okay. So let's hear it. 16 tackles, an interception, and a forced fumble. Iconic play when he runs down Jason White from the sideline, punches the ball out, ball flies like 20 yards down the field, and Texas recovers. Derek Johnson is amazing. Again, he's the best defensive player, in my opinion. He's the best defensive player in the history of the University of Texas. He deserves it because, look, he went 0-4 against OU, and he balled out in all four of those games. I love Derek Johnson. He's number five. I don't care what you say. Uh, those stats sounded pretty good. <laughs> those... He's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable football player, man. 16 tackles, oh. one, one tackle for loss, an interception with an 18-yard return and the forced fumble on Jason White. Held Oklahoma to 12 points that day. 12 points in the rain, in the slop. Messy uh, game, man. Number five comes from me, comes from my favorite OU Texas game in history, 2021. Um, this performer, though, is I think not going to be the one everybody's expecting, unless you listen, unless you listen very closely to the Boomer Bevo podcast. Kennedy Brooks. Kennedy Brooks ran for 25 carries, 217 yards. Two touchdowns, including the walk-off touchdown from 33 yards out. Caleb Williams got the headlines. Kennedy Brooks did the work. And he was a beast in that game. And he's the only thing that held us even anywhere close to give us a position to come back. And he's the dude that got it done in the fourth quarter. Number five performance of all time since 2000, Kennedy Brooks. Okay, so... Obviously a great performance. Heartbreaking loss for Texas, right? That yes. The ending of that game, we always talk about the Teddy Lehman Superman play. We talked about it with him on the Boomer Bebo podcast a couple weeks ago. Go back and check that episode out if you haven't seen it. Oh, it felt great. That was so 2001 awesome. was bad. But at the end of the day, right, when you really think about it, was Texas really going to go 97 yards and score? No. no. Right? This one, we were up, I mean – the game plan that Sark had in that first half, I mean, he just completely unloaded. We're up 28-7. We got Spencer Rattler all lost on defense. He comes in. Caleb Williams comes into the game, gives you guys a huge spark. You start making big plays in the passing game. And then this play that I've never seen you guys run before or since. Of course. Why game, would we? Why would we? Kennedy Brooks lining up at quarterback. You bring Stoops in motion. You fake the handoff to him. You bring a counter around. And every time you ran it, you busted out big runs. And we never could adjust to it. You ran that play three times, and each time it hit, including that walk-off play. Yeah. So it was a great performance by him. Horrible moment for me and all other Texas fans. So, yeah, good job by Kennedy Brooks that game. I loved him. I lo- understated fella. Kind of a different kind of cat. Set out for the COVID in, two- in 2020. Uh, I think he could have played another year. I think he would have made a really big difference last year, especially with Eric Gray. That's all right. He tried to go to the NFL. I don't think he's on a roster as of right now, unless you know something I don't know. No, I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything. But great performance in the 2021. All right. Number like almost eight yards, of ca- seven yards of carry or something for his career, just for his whole career. He got a crazy oh, yeah, yeah. yard per carry average. It's insane. Well, and the crazy part about Kenny Brooks, right, is that he never looked like he was running very fast. Yeah, like, unless you were chasing him, right? 
DeMarco <laughs> Murray. DeMarco Murray looks fast. Like when he runs, you're like, oh, yeah, he's gliding smooth. Yeah, and yeah. he's fast. It, it looks like Kennedy Brooks is jogging. Even on that play, mm-hmm. go back and watch the play. But yeah. nobody's ever catching him. Nobody can ever. ever get around him. So, yeah, it's it's fantastic. All right, Kevin, number four, the number four performance. Okay, Vince Young in 2005. Now, this well, one's interesting, lost. right? Oh, no, because, win, win, win. No, that was the win. That was the win. That one ended what we call the, the, the reign of terror that OU had between the five-game winning streak between 2000 and 2004, all right? Now, here's the thing about that game. It's really more what it represents than Vince Young's stats. It was like 14 of 27 throwing the football, and you guys really kept him in check on the ground, too. But he had three touchdown passes, and this is a crazy stat. But he had a touchdown pass in the first quarter to Ramont Taylor, one of your favorite Longhorns, right? (laughs) When he threw that, that was like the first touchdown pass that Texas had against OU since like 1999. In 2005? In 2005. Can you believe that? Well, Chris Sims never threw a touchdown, right? That's what, yeah. Yeah, uh huh. And neither did Major Applewhite in 2000. They both played in 2000. And then 2001, one and two with Sims. 2003, we had um, Chance Mock and a young Vince Young. And then 2004, Vince Young was a starter. 12 0 that game. Yeah, so 2005, first touchdown pass since 1999 against OU. So this was, I mean, and this led to to a historic run by Vince Young. later to go on and win one of the greatest college football games period of all time in the Rose Bowl against USC. Um, Many say should have won the Heisman Trophy that year, albeit uh, that wasn't Liner tier, right? That was Reggie Reggie Bush. Bush. Yeah. Yeah. So albeit Reggie Reggie Bush Bush had a hell of a year. Uh, but, But Vince Young, to your point of what it represented, it was a transitional moment for texas and that you were back on the national stage back in uh blue blood status with that national championship and it took a performance like throwing three touchdowns one to Ramon's taylor to put you in that position i think it's probably number four i think it's probably number four i think it's appropriately rated yeah just because the stats weren't right like overall 14 to 27 no you know nothing nothing historic but just again, what it represented. Yeah, but listen, dude, for four years, that was the game Texas lost. Correct. Five years. For five years, you lost the game. So mm-hmm. you needed any kind of performance to win the game. You know what I mean? It just uh yeah. no, I, I get I get what you're saying there. All right. Uh my number four, uh 2019. It was a 34-27 win. Jalen Hurts making his only start as the quarterback had the opportunity to throw the ball to C.D. Lamb, who had 10 receptions, 171 yards, three touchdowns, and for that day in that stadium looked like the best player in college football, period. He was fantastic. He was athletic. He was strong. He was fast. He had hands. He had moves. He could do it all. It was one of the 
best receiving games I'd ever seen. And I feel like in a lot of ways, he put the team on his shoulders, which is really hard to do for, for a wide receiver and was the absolute best player on that field. Nay, the nation. Yeah, man. Here's the thing about C.D. Lamb, right? If you follow Texas high school football closely, you knew about this dude, what he did at Richmond Foster High School during the playoffs that year, his senior year. I remember the first time, first and only time I've been to your stadium, OU against UTEP. This is true freshman year. It's his first game of his career. So, you know, I know I'm a college football guy, so I know what's up with OU. So we're going to the game. I'm telling Casey, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, like, hey, you guys got this freshman, C.D. Lamb. This dude is really talented. I think he's going to start. If not, he's going to play a lot. Of course, he comes out, he scores two touchdowns in his first career game. Dude was just a, a baller from, from the jump. Yeah, in that game, I think the thing about him is he's not a big guy, right? 6'2", he's lean, about 185, 190 pounds. But, man, he is so physical after the catch. He just made a Texas secondary just look foolish. You know, it's that one touchdown he had, really both the, the last two touchdowns he yeah. had, he's five guys around him. He's bouncing off guys. He's got Texas players running into each other. I mean, it was really frustrating for a Texas fan, but, you know, he is that dude. He's a great player. He continues to be a great player for the Dallas Cowboys. It's one of those guys I wish would have gone to Texas, man. Well, and, and you're right. I mean, at, at Texas, it's taken him a couple, three seasons to become the clear number one. But now for the Dallas Cowboys, he is a clear number one. And yeah. he shows what you saw at Oklahoma over the years. I think back to the catch, he, the, the non-catch he had against UCLA. I mean, that's like 10 feet in the air. It was just unbelievable. I was at that game. It was one of the most electric moments and that play didn't even count. And there's, it's, there's rare athletes that can do things. I think a Larry bird shooting it over the backboard, right. And it going in and then waving it off. Right. Because it doesn't count. Cause, and you're like, yeah, it might not count. What I just saw, what I just saw was fantastic. And, uh, but anyway, CD lamb, 2019, uh, just a heck of a performance. Kevin, the third best performance by a Texas player. All right. This one also comes in a loss. And once again, I don't care what you say. You were in the building. We have already talked about this game. 2021 Xavier Worthy. You wow. were there. You, you know what you know what you saw. I don't care what you say. You know what you saw. I know what I saw in the very first play of the game. That's exactly the very what I first saw. play of the game. Takes a, a bubble screen and goes 75 yards. Stiff arms, Delarian Turner yell, 75-yard touchdown. Was DTY hurt? Was that his deal? I'm not sure. Did I don't he know. try to play? Is he the is he our corner that or not our corner, but He's, our safety? Yeah, safety. Uh-huh. Who tried to play that game and that was his only play he played? It might have been the you only know, play he played in that game. Perhaps. Maybe so. I'm not sure. Uh it was Xavier Worthy was so electric in that game. And you know what gets lost in that in that game? Yes, he had the seventy five yards, but then for OU fans, you know it's it's all Caleb Williams, and then I mentioned it's Kennedy Brooks. It's the comeback, and it's all this. Uh, y'all were down seven. Y'all were down seven. Yes, you got to come back, taking the lead. We had come back, taking the lead, forty one, and then Casey Thompson drives him down the field. What was the pass? He threw a dime to Xavier Worthy over two Oklahoma players, and Xavier Worthy just ran, outran them, like just flat outran them. 
to the corner, and it was that play was electric. I want to say, and remember, he was a true freshman. That's what's crazy about that. He's a true freshman. It was a 31 yard touchdown pass. But yeah, it was a long throw. He was on the opposite hash to the opposite field corner of the end zone and just dropped it in there. He just made a crazy over the shoulder catch. Uh, no, I listen, it wasn't a loss. And so, you know, whatever. But yeah, say, say what you will, but he was just, he was unreal, man. And he was a, to, to be a true freshman in that environment. We know what that environment is like and what it does to great players. We've seen great players have rough moments in that stadium with that atmosphere. Nine receptions, 261 yards, and two touchdowns. This is the first um, player, maybe the only player, that we'll mention. I don't know who else you have on your list that will have a direct impact on this game this year. And the reality is, is what we saw in 2021 is the nightmare that Xavier Worthy is for our defense, right? The, the what we have to prepare for because he can beat us throwing it short. He can beat us over the top. He's a heck of a possession receiver. He, he's a, if there's such a thing as a five tool player for you know wide receivers, that's what Xavier Worthy is. And we have to defend that. I think this year, in comparison to 21 and to 22, our secondary is much more positioned, much more athletic understands the concepts better, uh, has less injuries, et cetera, et cetera. But that doesn't take away what we should expect from Xavier Worthy. I think yeah, he's I an agree. absolute stud. He's a great player. And the difference is, though, I guess you do have the better – your secondary is much better this year. I mean, that's undeniable. But you still have to deal with the fact that we have other weapons this year that we didn't have in previous years. Keon Worthy before – It'll be difficult to do that this year, but yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get into this week, this week's game later on. Uh, he was fantastic. Number three for me, I'm going to go to the year 2016. I'm going to stick with wide receiver. Both the last two picks have been wide receivers. I'm going to stick with wide receiver. This was the coming out party for this soon to be Belitnikov winner. Get this, finished fourth in Heisman voting as a receiver with his quarterback on the same team, finishing third. D.D. Westbrook, 10 catches, 232 yards, three touchdowns. And on those three touchdowns, it wasn't even close. On some of those highlights, there wasn't a Texas player in the picture. He was that fast. He was that dynamic. And all Baker Mayfield had to do was sling it up in the air and let this dude run over under it. He did it, and it was a big win. And that 2016 game, 45-40. It was a high-scoring affair. The crowd was fired up. It was a back-and-forth game. And D.D. Westbrook put on a clinic and a track meet all at the same time. He was dynamic. Yeah, we we could not handle him at all that game. And that's the game. And listen, I know you hate when I mention this guy. But that was, for me, the game where Lincoln Riley really just unleashed everything he had in that offense. Because one thing you forget about that game is that Samaj P. Ryan also had 200 yards rushing. Yep. So oh, I didn't he established was, a run yeah. with that counter, and we were not ready for the counter, which is, you know, obviously a, a Lincoln Riley staple. And then once you start doing that counter, and then he uses the counter play action, which I had never seen before. Anybody use a counter – and you, you know, the counter, you know, you two linemen block in, you pull two linemen around. 
Yeah. So he's doing that, pulling the lineman around on play action passes. So now everybody's out of position. You see the lineman pulling around, everybody rushes in, double move by the receiver, and D.D. Westbrook's wide open all game. So he really unleashed it, and, and yeah, he was fantastic. Baker was very accurate with those deep shots, and yeah. Um, I'm surprised the game was really that close. Coincidentally, Texas was running that year the same offense that you guys are running now. We had the Veer and Shoot with uh, Sterling Gilbert, who was an Art Browse disciple in that game, and we were able to hit some big plays down the field. We had Shane Bouchelle playing quarterback. He's a true freshman, and we were able to hit some shots down the field. We also had Deontay Foreman, who very quietly rushed for 2,000 yards that year, which nobody remembers because Texas was 5-7. and seven. But those two guys kept us in it. But really, man, there was no stopping that OU offense that day. Didn't somebody else come in for Bouchelle for a little bit in that game? Didn't Bouchelle kind of get knocked around in maybe the fourth quarter? Man, I mean, we would have had swoops still. No, it wasn't swoops. I can, maybe I'm thinking something else. Anyway, here's the thing. I don't. I actually don't begrudge you talking about Lincoln Riley in this segment because if there's anything – Lincoln Riley does well, and it needs to be said, he can scheme a wide receiver wide ass open. Like, yeah. it is insane. What he's doing at USC, it looks just like what we saw with D.D. Westbrook. The, the C.D. Lamb game was a little different because a lot of C.D. Lambs were competitive catches followed by real athletic strong, you know, runs, yeah. yards after contact. Too. Yeah. But D.D. Westbrook, I mean, first of all, he had the speed. I'm not taking anything away from D.D., but to, to your point, what you just described with guard, you know, two linemen pulling this way, two linemen pulling that way, you don't know what's happened. You think it's going to be this play action. You think it's going to be a run. And then you just have the fastest guy in the field running straight down the middle of the field. And yeah. nobody's there. And he does that. No, Lincoln Riley probably does that better than anybody. Yeah, he was in his bag that day for sure. History of the game in terms of scheming that. wide receivers wide open. In my history of watching college football. Yeah. I hate to give the guy that much credit, but it could be true. Kevin. Well, listen, get- you might not like him as a head coach, but, you know, offensive coordinator, give him credit for that. I think we can agree on that. Oh, I do not like him as a head coach. Number two, okay. Kevin. Number two performance by the University of Texas. All right, man. In a win, you, I hope. I hope this, we have a win on this list. This is Well, first of all, we already have one. We had 2005 with Vince Young. Yeah, man. Another game you were at. We were both at this game. We didn't know each other, but we were both there. 2008, Jordan Shipley. I knew he was going up. Yes. The corner killer himself. Yes. My guy, Jordan Shipley. You remember this. You guys score. Every third down that you needed in the second half. I don't know what his catches were in the second half. If he had five or eight or 12, but every one of them was on a third down. Every okay. freaking one of them. Yes. And you, you're not even mentioning the fact that you guys were up 14 to three. Looks like you guys are about to run away with this game. You guys kick the ball off and he takes it to the house. I was Just in completely uh, flipped the momentum of that game. I was in the new section at the time. They had added those new sections on the end zones to complete the bowl. Uh huh. And I was on the upper bowl on the direct end zone and he's running towards me. And the C parts, and I just hang my head because I mean, I you, you just couldn't believe it. You could yeah. not believe what you were about to see because he was running right at you. And you know, listen, dude, uh, that was a heck of a game. It was haymaker after haymaker. Great players, 
Colt McCoy, Sam Bradford, Jermaine Gresham, DeMarco Murray, Jordan Shipley. Uh, who, who else am I missing on your we end? We also have Quan Cosby. Quan Cosby. I mean, yeah. it, it was just a heck of a game. Bro, Jordan Sh- picked up Bradford twice in that game. Oh, yeah. Jeez. But Jordan Shipley was every bit the MVP of that game. He was dynamic. But more than that, he was clutch. He just made so many big plays. 11 catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown. And then, um, of course, the kickoff return. So, yeah, just he was a player. He was just so good in that game, you know, for all the mental stuff that we struggled with against Teddy Lehman's teams in the early 2000s. It was just reversed with guys like him. They just brought it in that game. So it was great to see. He, he scored touchdowns in three games against OU, 2006, 7, and 8. Um, I can't stand that guy. Maybe the most hated Texas player of the 2000s. It's possible. He was so – he was a Sooners killer. You know, he just really was, man. He was just a fantastic player for you guys. Um, What did Texas fan think about Jackson Shipley with an X? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we love Jackson. The the issue is, here's why. Here's the thing, though. You got to look at this, right? Jordan had Colt McCoy throwing him the ball. Jackson had Case McCoy. And, you know, just, those two things aren't the same. It's, it's not, not the, same. the same thing. Yeah. Jackson is was bigger. He was he was stronger. He's a more physical receiver. He was a great route runner. He just didn't have a quarterback play. We had a really good receivers in. You just don't remember him because we just did not have the quarterback play during that entire era. Garrett Gilbert was not what we thought he would be. And then we followed that up by Colt McCoy and David Ash, or excuse me, Case McCoy and David Ash, who was very talented, but he had concussions and he had to give up football. So the quarterback play really fell off. And it's a shame because if you look at some of those Texas teams, you see receivers like Jackson Shipley and Mike Davis, really talented dude, Malcolm Brown, Jonathan Grayer, five-star running backs. We just did not have the quarterback play that uh, could have carried us over the top during those years. That was just the beginning of the downfall of Texas football. I just, I remember just thinking if Jackson Shipley starts catching balls on third down, I'm going to give up watching this freaking game. I like, I just couldn't deal with four, eight years of Shipley's was, was just, you know, but no, Jordan Shipley well-deserved. I remember that game and really his whole career against Oklahoma. Um, you know, you think about this year's game and what you're going to need from team your team. You know, what your team, Texas, my team, Oklahoma. You need somebody to have a game like that, right? And you look at Oklahoma's roster, and that that begs Drake Stoops. It just begs Drake Stoops to go be that guy that pulls down big catches on third down, big competitive catches. Maybe he's probably not returning a kickoff like Jordan Shipley did. But he has the opportunity to be that kind of player in the receiving game if we're going to have a chance made. to compete with you guys. Legends are made in this game, right? We talked about that. Case McCoy, we love Case McCoy because he beat OU in 2013. Simple. That game right there is enough for him to have a legacy forever at the University of Texas because he beat Oklahoma. Um, it's the reason I don't hate Caleb Williams. He gave me the greatest sporting moment of my life. Correct. Legends are made, man. Played one season for OU. He's a legend. A legend. That, that I, game. One yeah, game. It, 
Absolutely. Marcus Dupree. Marcus Dupree is the best it ever was because of that 67 yard yeah. run, or 63 yard run he had in 1982. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, oh my God. It gets me fired up. All right. Um, number two, number two for John Whitson and his Oklahoma Sooners starts in the year 2000. You talk about your reign of terror that you had to suffer for four or five years. Oklahoma, we might have snuck a win or two in there. It didn't matter. It was rough. The 90s were rough. Um, we were coming out of it. And Quentin Griffin, the mighty might, runs for I can't 20, stand that guy. 23 carries on only 80. Uh, I mean, 23 carries. He only had 87 yards. But Kevin, six. Count them six touchdowns against the University of Texas in a 63 to 14 blowout. One of the best feeling games I ever watched. Every play was better than the last. It never stopped being better. And Quentin Griffin simply kept scoring. I feel like if the clock would have never ran out, you never would have stopped him. He would have continued to score. He was that fantastic, and and the catalyst. This game was the catalyst. You talked about Vince Young in 05. This was the catalyst, catalyst to catapulting our season to a national championship in 2000, in large part because of the legs of Quentin Griffin. You know, truly one of the most shocking results for me in the history of the, of the rivalry, right? Just, you know, new coach Bob Seuss, second year, pretty good start. Right, decent start in, in 98. Signs of hope in 99, rather. And, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking Texas is pretty good in 2000 going into the Cotton Bowl. And, I mean, just from the jump, it's just like everything. Interception, touchdown. Three and out, touchdown. Fumble, touchdown. touchdown. Pick six, touchdown. Just like, what is happening here? <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, it, that's a great way for, you know, OU to announce themselves on the national stage, hey, we're back. Like, we're back. This is who we are, and we're back, and everybody's going to have to deal with it. And, again, that team, we talked about that team before on the Boomer, Boomer Vivo podcast, right? When you look at it in history, you don't have a lot of players who are household names when it comes to the history of college football. But what you had was a team full of dogs, right? I don't yes. know who on that roster gets recruited by OU now. Maybe Teddy Lehman does, right, because he's so, he so fast. How many of those guys actually get recruited? But you had just dogs everywhere. Quentin Griffin, Josh Heupel, the offensive line, right? Your Torrance Marshall dog, Roy Williams. Rocky Calmus. Yeah, Calmus. Yeah. yeah. Just, you just had guys who just had an attitude. Oh, Derek Strait. Now, Derek Strait oh, gets man, recruited. Well, does he get recruited? What was Derek Strait? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't think he was a big-time recruit. Austin, Texas. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. He was, dude, he was a baller, though. But They were just... They were so Maybe physical. The, they were so tough, and just their their mindset, the is, mindset of that team. Is Derek like, Strait the is Derek Strait the best corner in OU history? Man, he's the best since I've been watching OU football. Dude, he was fantastic. Like, he you're was right, good, man. And yeah. you're right. So, I mean, it, just yeah. just just a tough team. Just a, a really tough it, team. It was a tough team, but dude, six touchdowns, Kevin. Six touchdowns, man. Yeah, six and that only makes that I only can't makes stand two. that guy. And listen to me. He was even better, in my opinion, in 2002, his senior year. Do you remember that game? Were you? I don't know if you were at that one, 2002. I was there. 
35-24. Texas, we were up. Oh, that's the Nate. Uh, Nate was, was our quarterback. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. throws. We're up 7-3. He throws a, kind of a back um, off his back foot across his body. Rod Babers intercepts it, runs it back for a touchdown. We're up 14-3, man. We're going nuts. Going nuts in the Cotton Bowl. I'm thinking, okay, we're going to win this one. Ensuing kickoff, one of your guys, one of those receivers who I hated, who was it? Savage, Curtis Fake, one of yeah. those guys. Runs the kickoff back to like the 10-yard line. You guys score and the end get the two-point conversion. So it goes from being 14-3 to 14-11 at halftime, all the momentum. Then the second half, he Quentin Griffin just goes nuts. I think he finished with like 260 yards rushing. Well, remember he I caught, hate that guy, man. I swear. Remember, he also caught a touchdown on a guy that dropped it. Remember? Yes, you gotta get the throw a pass. We strip the ball. He picks it up and walks into the end zone. And, I'm yeah, like, just, dude, and just, just saw, yeah, saunter, saunters into the end zone. Like, he, dude, listen, man, he was, he would have, you know, he had a little momentum with the Broncos. Wasn't he with the Broncos? Yes, he was. He had a little momentum with the Broncos, but he he got the fumbles and he couldn't hold on to the ball. They had to cut him. They had to cut him. Okay. But he had yeah, some good. 24 that 02 game. How much did he have in 02? Let me pull, I'm pulling it up now. Let's see. 248 yards. Oh, 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 maybe I should switch the performance. I was seduced by six touchdowns. I was seduced by six touchdowns. You guys took your first lead in the fourth quarter. How did I miss that? I didn't realize he had that many yards. I would have never oh, known yeah. that, Kevin. Ooh, trust oh. me, I remember it. I remember uh, it. And well, I you were it. there, dude. You were there. And I'm still oh. I'm still bad. So yeah. All right. Like you feel, um, the way you felt about Jordan Shipley, that's how I feel about Quentin Griffin. Oh, dude, I can't stand the guy. Number two for the University of Texas. Uh, that actually, I've already done number two. Oh, who was your number two? Shipley. Oh, God, I hate that guy. Mm-hmm. All right, sorry. Number okay. one, the best performance ever by a Texas Longhorn in the Red River rivalry goes to. Oh, are you ready for this, man? 2018 quarterback Sam Ellinger. We talked about this game already. Kyler Murray was Superman. At least he turned into Superman in that fourth quarter. Listen, if you see Mike Stoops anywhere, let him know <laughs> that Sam Ellinger is going to run to the right, 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 on the goal line. In case he was wondering, it was almost like we or talked on, about that or on third down, or on third down, or on fourth down, or yeah. anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. If, he's going to run. Short right. yardage situation. He's going to get a shotgun snap, and everybody's going to run to the right. Oh, the least creative play. It's the least creative play in the history of football. Yeah. That, we ran it like what five times? You talk and about like every time. We talk about like Kennedy Brooks, right? Okay, well, Kennedy Brooks is a running back, so he's not supposed to catch the ball coming from the center. You know, and it's yeah. not he, he's not supposed to be following a, a, a small wide receiver swinging around, right? Those are, yeah, and, those he's are re- the, and he's also taking a snap, Kennedy Brooks. That, so it, that's it what I mean. everything yeah. Out. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. taking so, a sack. So yeah. th- those are called wrinkles, right? Those are called wrinkles. What Sam Ellinger did to Oklahoma in 2018 was not wrinkles. It was calling his shot on every single play and then doing it. And it was the most agonizing, frustrating, single repetition of plays I had ever seen. And I cannot – you talk about having uh, – uh, Go ahead. What else do you have? What was his stats? All right. 24 of 35 throwing the ball for 314 yards and two touchdowns. No INTs. 
running the ball 19 carries, 72 yards, and three touchdowns. So five touchdowns overall. It was so bad for OU's defense that Lincoln Riley had to fire Mike Stoops the very next day, or maybe that same day. I've lost it. I don't know that I can deal with it. Yeah. I I had blocked it from my mind that he had three rushing touchdowns. Three rushing touchdowns. Sam Ellinger, the most underperformers of underperformers in the history of Texas football, had five touchdowns Mm -hmm. against Oklahoma in 2018. Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. Five and all, and those three tu- running touchdowns were all runs to the right. Is that what you're saying? That is exactly what I'm saying. No quarterback you know, sneaks, just the same play. Mike, Stoops, most of them he was untouched. I know Mike Stoops listens to this, if nothing else, but just for our witty back and forth. But Mike Stoops, you were a terrible defensive coordinator that game. You just were. Like I don't know what you have to do. I mean, Sam Ellinger, we have we have listed off nine players so far, right? Is that fair? Nine players? That's fair. Yeah, that is accurate. Actually, is 10. He, he had an honorable mention. Honorable mention. 10 players. He is the 10th least athletic player on this list. Fair. And we could not stop him running a very simple run play to the right. It was unbelievable. All credit to Sam Ellinger. An absolutely great game. I just seriously sometimes can't believe it happened. It was pretty crazy. Didn't expect it. I mean, I thought we could compete that game. Didn't think it would be like that. Yeah, 314 yards. He threw the ball well, too. 314 yards passing, two touchdowns. And again, 72 yards rushing, three touchdowns on the ground. Sam Ellinger, number one. Ellinger had just the one win. Against Oklahoma as a starting Correct. quarterback? Yeah, that was it. Uh, that was the only one. Uh huh. I will say this, though, right? I know you guys give him crap, and I get it, right? You win the game, you can say whatever you want. But he was pretty good in every game we played against OU. He was not as horrible as you would think he was against the Sooners. Dude, in he, any of those games. If, 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 uh, if Herman runs him on – on uh, the two-point conversion at the end of the 2020 game, you win the game. Absolutely. I mean, defense was gassed. Defense was gassed. It was hot. You were there. Yep. It was crazy hot. Everybody had COVID, you know. Everybody's miserable. And, it was It was a and, hot, man. It was hot. Man. And, <laughs> yeah. and if he runs the ball at the end of the 2020 game, you win the game. Win the game. Yep. Instead, he wants to go toe-to-toe with Lincoln Riley in overtime. I'm like, what are you doing? It, 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 make, it, it doesn't make sense then. And it makes even less sense now. We could, we could, if we had an episode of what were the ten most strangest decisions made by coaches, and that he that one would be at the top of the list because you absolutely win the game. It is baffling that he even thought he wanted to go. That he even considered for a moment. I don't know. Let's go play overtime while I'm looking at the defense, hands on their knees, chest heaving. We 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 just you 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 came back from 14 down. Yeah, it was an improbable comeback. Correct. Win the game, man. 14 down, three minutes. You march like an 84-yard drive, and you score. And you've got a running quarterback who, in 2018, ran it however many times and was never stopped. We just – I, dude, if if I was going to have – if I was a Texas fan, 
that's the game I would have not. That's the play I would have nightmares about because you should have won. You should have run Ellinger that game. Correct. Yep. Absolutely. No, I don't give Ellinger crap for the way he played against Oklahoma. I just, I never liked him really against anybody else. Like he just, he was, he fun. was very limited. He needed a better team around him to, to have more success. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thing with him. Uh, that's your number one though. Sam Ellinger, huh? Yeah, man. I mean, five touchdowns. Hmm. How about this? That's a good OU team. For uh, mm, Spencer Rattler, I don't know. No, I'm talking about, that was 20, I'm talking about 2018. That's oh, yeah, 2018. Was, Spencer yeah. was 2020, yeah. Yeah, 2018. We should have beat Alabama in the playoff, too. I mean, I say right, should have. Yeah. I mean, it was, a good got, game. it was a horrible start. It was a horrible a start. Nightmare that, start. Should have should have might be a little strong. Should have might be a little strong. But uh, we after that start, we played with them toe-to-toe. Kyler was just fantastic. Um, all right, listen, going from a player that made five touchdowns to a player that made no touchdowns doesn't matter because the impact he had on the game that day will live in sooner history. Adrian Peterson, true freshman, Palestine, Texas, making his first start in the Cotton Bowl against the University of Texas in a 12 0 win in 2004, had 32 carries. Rushed for 225 yards and was absolutely dynamic that game. He was dynamic and he didn't score, but he did everything but, and he showed you why he was the best player in college football in 2004. Interesting thing with Adrian Peterson, right? If you, you know, we talked about if you follow high school football, if you follow recruiting, you knew this guy was the top player in the country. Whoever got him was going to have a stud of a running back. Right, ends up picking OU. I was in the Alamo Dome at the U.S. Army All American game when he committed to OU, and maybe a lot of people didn't know what that meant, but I knew exactly what it meant. And you know, I just did not like the way it made me feel when he committed to Oklahoma. Going into that game, you know, I'm watching y'all's first game, I think it was like Bowling Green or something like that. He got rushes for like 120 yards, it's just like this dude, not a surprise at all. Cotton Bowl, remember, he wasn't starting, Stoops was still being loyal to Keywan Jones, yeah, remember that. I remember, I'm at the Cotton Bowl. I'm watching, you know, it's a commercial break. I see him go onto the field. We had just punted, pin you guys back, I think, at the two, your own two-yard line. He comes out, runs off tackle, and 48 yards. I mean, he's just like he shot of a cannon up the sideline. Michael Huff was the only guy on our team fast enough to that could run him down with an angle and tackle him. I just remember when we tackled him and just the, the roar that your fans let out. It was just different than anything I'd heard in a long time. And I'm just like, oh, here we go. Here we go. I got three years of this crap from this dude. He was unreal that day. We have 225 yards rushing. Texas had a really good defense. 11 guys on the field, right? I would say seven or eight of them were NFL players. Yeah. Seriously, we had like eight NFL guys on defense that day, and he ran for 225 yards. No, One of the best performances I've ever seen from any player. Well, so you had uh, you had uh, Derek Johnson in that game, sixteen tackles, yeah. interception, forced fumble. That two thousand four might have been the last game of the heavyweights for our two teams. The last time two titanic defenses in a defensive minded yeah. 
running-minded attack just collided in the Cotton Bowl, right? These other games have been epic. They've been fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But this was, you know, we're talking about going into the SEC and the type of games you see in the SEC. 2004 was that type of game. And it was right. it was big on big, good on good. And it took a player like Adrian Peterson to separate Oklahoma from Texas that game. That's yeah, all. I mean, the OU offense that, that year was incredibly dynamic, right? You still had Jason White, you know, reigning Heisman Trophy winner. You had Adrian Peterson, and then you're receiving for right? You had uh, Mark Clayton. You had Mark Bradley, who had an amazing season yeah. that year. You had tra- young Travis Wilson out there playing receiver. A really good offensive line. I think you had three or four NFL guys on that offensive line, too. And I think it seemed like Texas' game plan is like, okay, we got to stop this incredible passing attack. But, it, you know, and they did. Jason White did not play well. But he didn't need to when you got that guy running the football. Right. I mean, he's running over our guys. He's running through our guys. He's running around our guys. And to think about him being 18 years old, being able to do that. We've said this before on the podcast. I really genuinely feel like he could have gone from high school straight to the NFL and been one of the better backs in the NFL at 18 years old. I've never seen anything like it before or since. Um, Dude, he was the best back in the college football at 18, he was the best running back at 28 in the NFL. And you almost get the feeling he could make a roster at 38. I don't know how old he is now. He's probably around there, 37 or so. He's but the guy, he's just, listen, man, we talked about this. He had a, he blew his knee out and the next year ran for 2000 yards in the NFL. Yes. And he, and he blew, and he did it at the end of the season. It wasn't like he hurt his knee week one and had a whole full year to rehab. No. It was the end of the season where he hurt his knee and he came back. Again, he's not human, man. He's was engineered in the lab somewhere. Dude is not human. Dude, he it makes no yeah. sense for somebody to be like he was literally engineered to play football and to be a running back. Dude, listen, talking about this stuff. I don't know what to do, man. I'm so fired up. Like, it's, I want this. I, I know it's Monday. But I'm five like, days. Dude, I'm like a kid at Christmas, man. And I'm like counting stuff down. I got, I just can't even stand it. I'm trying to do like other things throughout my day to make me not think about the game, you know, but I can't yeah. help it. I can't help it. I'm, you know, um, the question's going to be, and maybe we don't have an answer today. I don't think I have an answer today. But the question that you and I are going to have to think about for the rest of this week is who is the player on our team that replicates one of these performances? Who shows up and says, I'm going to be the star in Dallas, Texas on October 7th, and I'm going to write my name in the history of the greatest rivalry in college football. Like, who's that going to be? Is it going to be Xavier Worthy? Is it going to be Quinn Ewers? Is it going to be uh, uh, your boy Anthony Hill Jr.? Like, it's one of those three guys writing it down. Does DG have a game for the ages? Does Nick Anderson emerge as and cement himself as the dude on Oklahoma's team? Does Stutzman have a pick six? Does he force a fumble in the fourth quarter to win the game? That's what it's going to take. One of these players is going to be on this list next year. And it just matters. Is it going to be one of your guys or one of my guys? And, dude, I can't wait. I cannot wait. 
I, I don't know that I've been this excited about an OU Texas game, maybe since 2004. Maybe 2008. Yeah, maybe 2008. Yeah, it's going to be epic. It's just great to see both teams undefeated, kind of like it used to be in the early 2000s. We're excited. Everybody's excited, man. And listen, if you enjoyed this, we're going to have more of this all week long. We're going to be going Absolutely. back in the history books. And, of course, we're going to be breaking down this week's matchup too. So, man, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Kevin, great night. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Boomer. Okay.